Hello and welcome to All Things Albion, the West Bromwich Albion Focus podcast. Please welcome my co-host in 2056 when West Brom win the Premier League. He'll be there and so will I. How are you, John? Hello, mate. Good to see you again. How's it going? Yeah, good cheers, mate. I think that's wishful thinking, but hopefully in the next 20-odd years we can get somewhere near winning the Premier League. I, don't, I can't see it myself. No, true. Um, big show. A lot of ha- lots happened again in the last seven days. Um, we're going to talk about transfers today. We're going to talk about our win against Peterborough. We're going to talk about Darren Ferguson um, and Talgate and things like that. So, first of all, let's jump straight in. Oh, by the way, I do apologise for my background, Darren. Um, I know you're not a big fan of towels, but never mind. Um, <laughs> so... Let's talk about the Peterborough game. 1-1-0. Good win in the end. Um, Hard-fought win. It's a good job we didn't throw in the towel and carried on playing <laughs> the way we should. I want to get all the towel puns out of the way. Uh, what did you think about the game? Uh, I think it was the sort of game that um, means if you win it, you're going to do well because it's one of those games where uh, we didn't play very well at all across the park really uh, and we still won uh, we didn't concede a goal which is a, the main positive but I think uh, generally I, just, I think that's an excellent win to be honest with you based on how how bad how poorly we played uh, and I don't think Peterborough could have played any better and we still won so yeah. these are all good signs for me I don't know what you think I think watching the game there's a lot of mixed uh, reactions to the game. A lot of people saying, oh, you know, even though we've won, we played rubbish. Other people saying it's a win's a win. At the end of the day, Peterborough have done very well at home. You know, before the game, they were calling it a fortress. And then not many teams get there and get a result. So to come away with the result in the first place is a good thing. But it was a hard-fought battle. We're not going to blow teams away. We're not going to be doing a Sheffield United every week, especially when we've got Matt Clark and Callum Robinson both out, you know, with COVID and, and injuries. They are two key players. So I think we did well. And I'm more of the positive side of a win's a win. Yes, it wasn't the best result, the best performance in the world, but I thought we played well. I thought we battled well. And the fact that we managed to stick out till the end uh, and get that result, I think is excellent. I think, you know, every, every week away from home in this division, you've got to expect the games to be more like that than they were than than we've had so far this season so I think it's all positives the fact that we dug it out and we kept a clean sheet uh and we won is perfect for me I know it's I know people want to see great performances every single week so do I but I think the key thing for me is just to, is a result every single week yeah in talk, talk that talking after the game Darren Ferguson said in an interview about we shouldn't be using towels and that we're making up our own rules. I don't really understand the problem because it's not a new thing for teams to use throw-ins as almost like a corner, I suppose. You know, Stoker did it famously a few years ago. Other clubs have done it. I think Aston Villa did it at one point as well. And this whole thing about taking towels away so that we can't dry the ball to throw the ball in properly with Darnell Furlong and his long throw. I mean, he's a great player and there's a lot more to his game than just long throws, but it is a, a weapon that we have. To complain about it like that, it just seemed bitter. And it was just the fact that he was, was upset that we'd won. I mean, the other thing as well is he even kicked off with uh, Valerian Ishmael, didn't he? 
at the end of the game for some unknown reason, but it was just because we won. I really enjoyed the whole thing. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> so uh, uh, the fact that we scored in Fergie time against yeah. Fergie, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fact that, you know the fact that he was like literally crying was just phenomenal. <laughs> I just I haven't enjoyed that at, at post match as much as that was. So thanks for that, Darren. If you if somehow <laughs> by by some miracle you end up listening to this, thank <laughs> you for the laughs. They were, it was sensational. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, he steps up to Valerian Ishmael, who's like, who would just fill him in any day of the week. <laughs> then he's, then he's in the, um, you know, he's in the post match crying and like everybody's laughing their head off at him. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's going on about how towels are a COVID risk, but hoodies are an even worse COVID risk, apparently. <laughs> I love the fact that the Albion, after the game, did a 25% discount on hoodies if you use the code Darnell Furlong. They really wanted just to put Darren Ferguson, didn't they? You could just tell. They really wanted to put, if you put Darren Ferguson, we'll give you 25% off. Oh, that was brilliant. Honestly, it's one of the classic moments of this season so far, really, for me. So thanks for that, Darren. But now I think... (laughs) I think at the end of the day, it was it's just epic uh, sour grapes because you know the clubs clubs are not going to like this tactic of we are you know using our physicality to try and score goals because yeah. managers know that they can't defend they they can't necessarily defend against this because if you're just really big and strong and you can launch a throw in into the box like a corner, you know without VAR as well. There isn't a fat lot they can do to defend against it because I suppose with VAR you'd be hoping for a push or you know some spurious foul that can sort of bail your defence out. But the, the biggest difference between Premier League players and Championship players largely is is their size because they're both yeah. technically gifted players generally. But you find you find that clubs that come down from the Premier League are really big players. They're really big, strong football men that are playing for these teams. And I think it's just a case of that. It's just, we're playing to our strengths. It stresses them out as well. Imagine standing on the sidelines every single time a throw-in comes into your box, you're thinking, oh no, they're going to score. It's yeah. just stress. And then obviously then, you know, when we actually score in the final minute of the final second, final second of the final minute, and you've got the opposition managers running up and down the line hooting, you know, loving life. You would if you're if you're a very competitive person, you'd bite. Yeah. And he and he bit big time, and nobody stopped him. Nobody said, "Darren, perhaps you should, you know, have a calm, down. calm down. <laughs> yeah. You really need to make the comment about the hoodies and COVID and all this business." And you know, at the end of the day, it's football, right? You win some, you lose some. So, uh, but yeah, just fantastic. Loved it. <laughs> Um, just to touch on briefly, because it's been a few days now, to be fair, but we signed the centre midfielder, Jason Malumbi. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I think it was from Brighton on loan, I believe, with a view to a permanent move. Mm-hmm. I don't know too much about him. If I'm honest, I thought this about the majority of the Albion transfers, probably bar Alex Mowat, because he did so well last year. I haven't known much about them. Um, it seems like an energetic midfielder. Um hungry, wants to do well, wants to do well at the Albion. So it's good to see, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, the footage that I have seen of him, 
he is all action. He's all over the place. You know, yeah. he's like a real banshee. He was running around like a banshee. It was fantastic. So you can think, you know, you'd think on face value that he'd fit in with Ishmael's style, right? Um, and it was for me. It was the key position that we had to strengthen. So I'm really pleased with that transfer. Yeah. So in going into uh, transfer deadline day, I think a lot of Albion fans were hoping for more than we got, which was nothing. Um, I did put a post out earlier in the day, which seems to have disappeared. Just give me a second. Yeah. So I did put a post out earlier in the day, just saying what the squad is um, and what we what we sorry what the signings we've made so far and what people hope we would do in the future i'll put it up to the screen now if you're watching it or listening to this on an audio podcast obviously we'll explain what the image is but basically it's of all the players we've signed so far uh, before the transfer deadline day and who would people like to see come in additional to this and have we done well enough already so responding to the Facebook post we had, we had a big response. So thank you very much, everybody, for that. A big, or sorry, a name that was commonly used was people wanted to see Dwight Gale signed from Newcastle. If I'm honest, from my point of view, I couldn't see that happening. I just don't think that the signings we've made before, the sort of bigger name signings, are going to be made under Valerian Ishmael. And it seems like it does play into that money ball more. He wants cheaper unknown quantities that are not these mega stars i suppose i'm not saying that you know people like dwight gale and that are mega stars but these more well-known names because like i said besides alex mowett i didn't really know any of the players we'd signed i've had to research them and have a look to see what they're about before they actually started playing for the albion yeah um dwight gale for me would be a fantastic signing um at the right at the right price um, but I agree with you in a lot of ways because it's been a while. It's been, you know, this should, they should never. They say you should never go back. First of all, yeah. Um, and second of all, you know, he's not. He's not. He's not really very young, is he? He's sort of getting starting to get to the position now where he's sort of getting on a bit. Yeah. And um, you know, is he? Is he? Is he the sort of player that plays this style? No, he's he's a deadly finisher. Um, but his wages would just be astronomical. Yeah. Um, and I just think we're just not in the position where we're gonna we're gonna pay those sort of wages again. I think that those days are gone until we get a, a decent takeover because I just don't think this this board of directors has any appetite for wages at all. You can see that in the players that we've lost versus the players that we've uh, we've gained. But we'll talk about that I'm sure in a bit. Yeah. And not. I like. I like. Big fan of Dwight Gale. Big fan of you know of his time at the Albion. But I think that time has gone really for mm. me. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see him at the Albion in the future. In terms of the board, you mentioned the fact they don't seem to have much appetite for big transfers and big money. Let's get into that. So the first thing I want to do is I want to read sections of a statement that was made by Ken on the 14th of June this year, before we um, hired Valerian Ishmael and after Allardyce had left and then also Luke Dowling had left. So the snippets I want to say really is that their, uh, our, our aim remains the same to earn promotion back to the Premier League as soon as possible. We will have a healthy budget in order to succeed in the championship. And with the right person at head coach, I believe we'll have a strong opportunity for being promoted. As we all know, the championship is a relentless, difficult league, but we have, su we have succeeded there before and I'm hopeful we can do again. Now, the other thing I want to take away from this statement, the, f the first thing really is 
we're going to have a healthy budget. Um, they mentioned about Luke Dowling leaving and things like that. But then the other thing was, I wanted to appoint a new head coach before going on sale with season tickets. Out of respect to supporters, I thought we should not begin the process until an appointment had been made. But unfortunately, we can wait no longer. In order to provide supporters with fair opportunity to purchase a season ticket, we will go on sale Wednesday which with an early bird offering, which will run up to 5 p.m., blah, 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 blah. So the, what I want to say about that is healthy budget of what? Nothing. Because we have spent nothing. OK. We, and, then, and then the other thing I want to mention, sorry, before we get into it, I want to look at the players. I I feel a rant coming here. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like Darren Ferguson with a towel. <laughs> so let's look at um, the players in versus the players out. We have we, we we let some players go back on loan. We haven't mentioned those, but, uh, sort of um, a couple of players that we had on loan last year. But the transfers in are Matt Clark, Adam Reach, Alex Mowat, Jordan Hugel, Hugel. Jason Malumbi, and we re-signed David Button. I think we released him, then we re-signed him again. So let's talk about transfers out. So Mateus Pereira, Rakeem Harper, Ahmed Hagazi, Kieran Gibbs, Andy Long Long Lonergan, there we go, Camille Brasicki, Kyle Edwards, Charlie Austin, Lee Peltier, I think I'm saying that right, Sam Field, Romain Sawyers, Hal Robson Canu, Branislav Ivanovic. So a lot of big earners there, a lot of money gone. The understanding with the Pereira deal and Rakeem Harper, and I think we also got some money for Higazi, was somewhere in the region of £17 million total for our outgoings this season. So we got recouped. Well, actually, actually, let's talk about that first. Yeah. So the Pereira, Joseph Massey today has said that the, the Pereira transfer was actually £4.25 million this year and then £4.25 million every year for, for four three years. more years. Yeah, um, yeah. Which equals £17 million. Now, I've been banging on about that on this podcast for ages. Yeah, that, what That is one of the most terrible outgoing transfers I've ever heard us do. Ever. Ever. Uh, you know, since I'm talking since Johnny Evans, you know, letting him go for a couple of mil or three mil or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew that. I knew this. To be honest with you, I, I've knew. I knew that the we weren't getting much for Pereira because of the way that we were behaving in the transfer market. Had we, if we'd have got fifteen million plus for Pereira up front, I have no doubt that we'd have spent some money. The fact it all hinged on Pereira and it all hinged on Johnston. Johnston's gone on nowhere, and we got four million pound for Pereira. Let's talk about it, realities. So our entire budget then was four million pounds plus whatever we could recoup from the other guys from the rest of the guys. Uh, and obviously we've got we've got a salary uh, our salaries uh, bill has, has been reduced that in in its entirety has been a uh, a cost saving exercise there's no way alex mowat uh malumbi those guys all everybody that's come in is going to be on the same salaries as the people that have left no no way at all so we've reduced our, our wage bill considerably that's after everybody's taken a wage cut uh, yeah, but from, is it 50%? Apparently, yeah, apparently so. Yeah, <clears throat> apparently so. So this, this has just been a gigantic cost-saving exercise. That £4 million could disappear into the ether now because we'd have no idea what's happened to it because yeah. 
it just so happens that I believe we're owed £4 million by the chairman. Is that right? The club is owed £4 million by the chairman. Is that uh, the thing where the, that's been a long-term debt? And it yeah, wasn't, wasn't that debt under... It's from when uh, Peace took out yeah. a loan uh, to for the holding company or something. And that loan got transferred in ownership to uh, Lie. There's an interesting uh, link. There's probably a good place to look if you're interested in finding more, more about that is shareholders for Albion. They are the minority shareholders in West Brom and they're the ones who talk a lot about this loan. Um, but the point is, is oh, quite obviously, this healthy budget is a massive reduction on what we've had previously in the, yeah. in, in any season, whether or not it be the last time we were in the Championship or the last time we were in the Premier League. So, for me, the obvious goal is to hope to get promoted, to have reduced that. We're being, we're, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, we are being geared up to be sold. Yeah. However, because you know, you, if you if you if you're looking to sell a business, you want to make sure that it looks really really attractive, don't you? So you want to make sure that it's got a really low cost base. Uh, you want to, but it, it all hinges on us getting promoted. Everybody's going to pay hundreds of millions of pounds for yeah. us in the championship, are they? No, but the thing I would say about that, if they are gearing to sell us, and to be fair, there has been reports, and I'm pretty sure it was mainstream news at one point, they were trying to sell the club. Why would you sell Mateus Pereira for 4.25 for over four years? Surely they'd want the money up front because would they get that money? Or surely it would go to the new owner if they sold the club? I think we were over the barrel big time. I think um, I think Pereira wanted out because he, he wanted the cash. He wanted to be paid. He knew that nobody else was going to offer him the, the salary that Al Halal did. Mm-hmm. Um, and we said, right, this is what we want. How does how do you pay what that what we want? And they said, well, we'll pay it over four years then. But the thing is, I, I understand that. And, and obviously, I, I know I want Mateus Pereira to be happy. But we have to also look after the West Brom. You've seen it in the past. Cristiano Ronaldo, when he wanted to leave Man United originally, Sir Alex Ferguson spoke to him, talked to him, you know, Harry Kane, one that's happening right now, he wanted to leave. The club spoke to him and I think he's going to do another year and then they'll look at it again. Why are we just saying, oh, OK, then, you know, we'll take almost whatever? You know, you look at you look at like the, the change that's happened in our board of directors over the last sort of, well, since, since Paul Thompson left. You know, there's been, there was a period of stability uh, under Jeremy Peace where we seem to have genuinely talented people in key positions like Dan Ashworth. Um, and then since then, it's just been almost a, a conveyor belt of worse and worse uh, executives. Um, Luke Dowling sanctioned the transfer of Zahora for £8 million. I mean, the guy, you can actually fit a piece of paper under him when he jumps. That's that's all you could fit under Zahora when he joined. He's one of the worst football centre forwards I've ever seen in my life, and he paid eight million pounds for him. You know, then then we had that that guy who uh, who employed his mate Alan Pardew uh, from Reading. Oh, Nick Hammond, Nick Hammond. And then obviously now we've got his UK. I'd, uh, his definition of a uh, a healthy budget. I'd love to know how he defines healthy because. Uh, well, zero pounds. It, it almost it leaves the leaves the door open for almost, it's basically a minor a negative budget because if you actually think about it, yeah. the salary exist the salary existed the salaries existed uh, as they were last year, and then what he's done is, is he's knocked it down by fifty percent 
And then he may well have knocked it down by another 50% by getting rid of so many players. So what he's held, his definition of a healthy budget is 25% of what it was in the Premier League, presumably, for salaries. Mm. Yeah. And then you look at sort of like, so transfer fees will be a couple of million, three million. You know, these players that we've signed on loan and for free transfers, they're not going to be on, you know, we're not going to have paid millions of pounds yeah. in loan fees for these guys. And the other thing is we're not going to have paid them millions of pounds in signing on fees they're not these big names so i would imagine we've i would love to know how much we've spent i bet you it's no more than about one and a half million pounds to a million pounds in total yeah um if that's a healthy budget for the championship when you've got people like fulham you've got you know nottingham forest have, have got a high nottingham forest have got i think it's is their trickle transfer 14 point something million pounds you know so how can that how how on earth can this be a healthy budget what what he's done quite obviously is he's realized that we need to sell some season, season tickets. tickets yeah and he's told the fans exactly what they want to hear because he knows that enough of them will think oh okay well on that basis then i'll, I'll trust you but yeah. all that all that goodwill is just gone now all of that goodwill where people are going to trust what anything that comes out of our uh, our boards our board's mouths. It's a very short-term strategy, which suggests to me that, the, that, that they're all in on us getting promoted this year and then getting rid of us. That's what that can only be. It's it's all signs point to that, but that, that is speculative because it is my opinion. But yeah. there's no way this is a healthy budget. I think I, I said before I'm amazed that managers' transfer fees are so low because they're such have such a big impact in a team, but they are. So when you're biggest outlay is your manager's signing on fee or your manager's transfer fee of two million pounds it does get the alarm bells ringing one thing i will say as a positive do you remember when we had alan irvine in charge i think it was like 2014 or something i think pepe mel just left and alan irvine came in it was before Pulis hired because it was a total mess anyway we hired we signed a load of players we signed like George Samaras, uh, Blanco. I think we might have signed Gamboa and all these different players. Back then, when we signed all those players, I felt like there was no plan. I felt like it was we signed these players who were available. Alan Irvine, we've hired you, make it work. And obviously it didn't. With this time, though, we've hired Valerian Ishmael. And I feel like he has had a big hand, if not a completely controlling hand, in who we've signed because they feel like. Flair and Ishmael players, and they feel like it, 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 there is a plan behind it. Do I agree with what's happened? No. Do I think that we've got a strong enough squad to get promoted? It's debatable. We're going to go run through the squad list in a second. But I do feel like there's more you know, aim than when we had Alan Irvine and all those signings. But it is worrying. And the fact that if we have two or three injuries, which we've already got two, I mean, uh, Matt Clark's going to be out for at least another few weeks. And Dar O'Shea has a recording. There's no word yet, but it looks like he might have a an injury that might last a while. It is worrying. And having this flexible team where players can fill in different positions is, is OK. But when you lose two of your starting centre-halves, <laughs> no team can survive that. I'm 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 not actually angry about the transfers that we made. I think we've signed some good players. And I think... Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think obviously Ishmael knows what he wants, and thank goodness he does. But yeah. it's it's the dishonesty and the timing of the of the of it's the it's it's 
I'm not saying he was being deliberately dishonest, but in retrospect, it looks very suspicious because yeah. the timing is such that, you know, you go through the spiel about how this, this and this is going to happen. Oh, and can you buy some season tickets, please, right yeah. at the end? So, you know, what, what, is the, what, was, the, what was the intention of that uh, statement? The intention was to get people to buy season tickets because he wouldn't yeah. have mentioned season tickets at the end if it was, that wasn't the intention. So that's what's annoyed me. Um, the other things that have really annoyed me is the fact that I think we've watched our rivals for promotion strengthen considerably um, and add to their squad depth. Um, and I think we were, th- we're three players shy of where we need to be. Mm-hmm. And that was before the injuries. So, yeah. um, you know, we are skating on thin ice. Um yeah. And if you know if the intention is for us to get promoted and then to sell up, it's a massively risky strategy. This is I just yeah. I think I, I said just, before it's almost like the 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 budget that they believe um, we we need to use to get promoted is here, and they are just slightly one percent above it, if not on the level. It it's it's doing it as as cheaply as possibly can. So let's run through the squad list. Um, I. I think, I, yeah, I'll put this out on Facebook again. Uh, thank you very much for everyone with the responses. I just basically said, mm-hmm. do you think this squad is good enough to get promoted? So, to run through it, our goalkeeper, Sam Johnston, David Button, Alex Palmer, defenders, Darnell Furlong, Connor Townsend, Dara O'Shea, Carl Bartley, Semi Ajayi, Matt Clark, Cedric Kipre, and the midfielders, we've got Jason Malumbi, Jake Livermore, Matt Phillips, Grady Diangana, Adam Reach, Robert Snodgrass, Alex Mowat, Rahan Tulloch, Quiven Castro, and then attackers, we've got Jordan Hugel, Callum Robinson, Kenneth Zahor, and Carlin Grant. The consensus I got really was the fact that, yes, we have got a strong enough squad if we don't get too many injuries. And then the other thing was we need more attackers, and I completely agree, because you look at the attackers, Jordan Hugel and Callum Robinson, okay, that's fair enough. Kenneth Zahor, we've already discussed, isn't up to the standard. Why we've spent eight, nine million pounds on him, I'll never know. And Carlin Grant looks more like a winger to me. Even when Callum Robinson was injured and Jordan Hugel had only been at the club a couple of days, he was still played out on the wing and Matt Phillips was played through the middle. And he did a, he did a good job. I'm not, I'm not criticising Matt Phillips. He did well. But for me, he's no Callum Robinson. Callum Robinson gives us that energy. He gives us that purpose up front. And he's a brilliant finisher. So if, if we lose Callum Robinson, we don't really have that main goal threat that we do. We're just we're just too thin. We're just too thin on the ground up, up front. Maybe the, maybe the intention was to get rid of Zahor because that guy is. <laughs> can I can't, you, can, I you, can you please stop sitting on the fence and tell everybody <laughs> how you feel about Zahor? <laughs> I'm just disgusted with the bloke. I think he's 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 kind of in the club out of a wage. I think it's a it's just shocking. But anyway, yeah. I'll start. The, um, I think the key thing for me is you, you're absolutely correct. All of you are correct in what you're saying about centre strikers because I think it feels to me like every striker we've got is a bit of a punt. So yeah. Hugo, there's no proof. There's nobody proven in there really. I, I mean, Grant is the closest thing you could say to a proven championship centre forward uh, or goal threat, uh, but it's been a while since he's been he could be considered that. Mm. Um, Callum Roberts is doing really, really well. I've got a lot of respect for the guy because he's doing he's doing a you know a real shift for us. Uh, yeah. But he's not a natural centre forward. You know, where's the you know where's the twenty five goals coming from? You know, where's the super kev? 
you know, yeah. there's nobody in there, can you, that you would sit there and say, right, I, I guarantee you that guy's going to get us double figures. I don't mm. I think that's 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 where I'm concerned from our forwards. In our midfield, uh, I think we're better now that we've got someone like Malumbi in there who has got a lot of high energy because I think the problem was is that other than Moa, we didn't really have anybody. Um, but the big glaring hole for me is left back because yeah. there's no cover for left back unless Adam Reach is actually a left back um, and we've all been conned into thinking he's a winger. Um, I just can't see it because there's nobody in there even who's even left-footed uh, yeah. apart from... Oh, not that I know of anyway. I could be wrong about that, but they all just seem to be... So, I mean, Dara O'Shea is injured and I'd be very surprised if it's not a serious injury because if you actually watch the video... His ankle bends in all kind of strange directions, and it's quite unpleasant actually. Uh, and I, I really wish him well, and I hope he's he's, he's, yeah, he's doing all right. Soon. Yeah, and he'll be back. He'll be back. Not, not just for him, just for him, because he's a good young yeah. player, and he was having a cracking season. Um, so uh, that leaves us without a replacement right back now, because he's the only one there really you'd, you'd call a, a fill-in fullback. So fullback is, and, and when you play, as I've said before on this podcast, when you play uh, three at the back, you are very reliant on your fullbacks for wing for uh, width. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's problematic for me. Um, other than that, are we? Are, have we got enough to get promoted? Yes. Have we got enough to get? Do I think we will get promoted? No. And the reason why I say that is because I think we will suffer from injuries. Uh, and I think we'll end up in the playoffs, and I don't really feel like the playoffs is is designed for. We've never we've never had a good record. No, we've never done well in the playoffs. I think it's one of those. That, yeah, with with our team, I think everyone feels the same. Starting eleven, we're good enough. After that, I just don't think we are. I think you know. I mean, it's, it's testament really with the Arsenal game. That was our. I know there's some youth players in there, but there was mainly our second stringers as well. And we, we got absolutely hammered. And once the injuries start occurring, they will occur. This is a long season and we're playing a very intense style of football. That's everyone's fear. We're not just being negative because, like, oh, we haven't spent enough money. It's no. For sign 11, we've got a, we've got a good team, probably a, a championship winning team. But once you get a couple of injuries, like we already have, because my other fear as well is that now that we've lost two of our centre-halves, Dar O'Shea and Matt Clark, Semi Ajayi did a great job at centre midfield and obviously went on and scored that goal. So he's going to have to get dragged back to centre-half. And then who else are you going to play in centre-half? If we lose any more of, of, of our you know centre defenders, we're going to have to start looking at a different formation, maybe 4-4-2, I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. But... That would mean you have to drag down our furlong and Connor Townsend back to probably play fullback. And that'd be a massive loss to our game because those two have been really big positive players and they're very good going forward. So, sorry, I'm, I, in, a, in a roundabout way, I am just trying to echo the thought that we just didn't sign enough players. There's not enough depth, strength in depth there. Unless some of these youth players are, you yeah, know, uh, are, are actually ready, you know, and... and it's it's still early days. Uh, the frustrations for for me are are raw, and I think it's because having watched our our rivals strengthen, I would have expected us yeah. to as well. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's just it's just a bit of apprehension and a bit of fear, really, about whether or not we we're risking too much. 
Um, it, you know, it's like anything else, though, isn't it? If the risk pays off and we don't get the injuries that we all fear we're going to get, then we'll be absolutely fine, I'm sure, and we'll be pushing. Um, whether or not we're a top three team, I don't know. That time will tell. But, um, you know, I think we're, we're going to have to go some in the treatment table and, and keeping players fit because in, you know, three game weeks, which there are a lot of in this division, yeah, uh, you know, there's certain players who are going to be under a lot of pressure, I think. So, putting that aside, I think we've um, we've talked the the transfer window to death. Uh, we're a bit disappointed. Let's look forward. We've got the international break now. I think next week we're going to be doing a special episode. Uh, so look out for that. Whether it's a, a look back in the past or something like that, we'll have to wait and see. But we'll be doing an episode next week. Uh, but it'll be a bit different from what we usually do. We've got Millwall after the international break. Just looking at their results now, they've only lost to Fulham. And they've had some good results the last couple of weeks. Uh, they beat, oh, actually, no, I apologise. They lost to Cardiff 3-1 um, and they beat Blackpool 2-1. So they've had a mixed bag start to the season. I think we should be, once again, beating teams like this. I think, you know, Millwall are a decent side. But hopefully, if we've got the right amount of players and the players in the right areas, we should be coming away with a victory. Uh, I think... Millwall will be a hard game. I mean, thankfully we're at home. Uh, you'd yeah. like to think that that that, um, that uh, we'll catch them playing a style of football where they might play for a draw. Hopefully, yeah. um, I think they're a good team. Millwall, they've improved a lot. Um, they're Malumbi's ex team, I believe, or he was. I think he was either on loan at them uh, or he was originally. He's played for them anyway. Uh-huh. So we all know what to expect, which suggests that they may well play a similar type of high high intensity style, whether it's the same exact style, yeah. but they'll play an intense style, I would have thought. Um but yeah, I agree. We should have we should have enough quality to move past most teams, I think, in this division. Um but if we play like we did against Peterborough, I would expect us to lose against Millwall. I think Millwall are a better team. Uh-huh. more quality to, to punish us than, than Peterborough have. I think Peterborough struggled from a lack of quality in key moments, which could they could have capitalised on with us. Um, thinking of Marriott running through, uh, in, I think it was Marriott running through, was one in particular where he probably, if he'd have been a bit more calm, he could have finished that and we could have been really in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and I think Millwall have got more about them than Peterborough. But no, I, I, same as you, I'd expect us to win. Yeah. Um, moving forward to the trivia we always like our little trivia at the end of our episode. So I asked you last week uh, in the FA Cup on 2015-16 season, round four, I believe it was, we drew with Peterborough 2-2 going into a replay. What was the score in the replay? And the answer was 1-1. And we ended up winning on penalties. If anyone remembers that. So bonus points if you remember the fact we won on penalties as well. So it was an obscure one. And then our next question um is Millwall based because we're playing Millwall next. Which player started their career at Millwall, played for the Albion, and then eventually ended their career at Burnley? We played him right back, but he was normally a centre midfielder for a long time as a centre midfielder. So you'll know who he is because I think he's your one of your favourite players. But have a think everybody and let me know in the comments, if you know who it is, I'll give you the results probably in a couple of weeks when we have our next up-to-date episode. Clue is, he's one of the best players in the history of Championship Manager. <laughs> yeah, you always signed him, didn't you? Him, Mark Kerr, Kim Kallstrom, 
Daniel Tim Anderson, Kenner. I think, was a goalkeeper. There were some crackers. There were some crackers. Was. Actually, Adam, Oli- Adam Oliver uh, was, a, yeah. was a good sign. Was always a good player on uh, Championship Manager. Um, I wonder where he is now. I'd like, he um, retired. He had to retire, yeah. didn't he? Got a knee injury. He did, unfortunately. Yeah, he got. He had a bad knee. I think it was a knee injury, bad injury. Yeah, he had to retire. Um, but yeah, no, he was always a good signing as well on there. But anyway, we digress. We're talking about Championship Manager now, not not the album. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But um, as always, guys, if you want to listen to this episode, you can. We're on all of the major podcasting out, out outlets. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a thumbs up, subscribe. Like I mentioned, next week we're doing a special episode. We'll keep you up to date on Facebook what that's going to be. And then a week after, we'll be back to discuss the Millwall game and the upcoming game after that and anything that's been happening. Hopefully, we may be signed a couple of free transfers. And I saw an article earlier that was saying, what, you know, what free transfers could we sign? So let's wait and see. But um, thank you very much for joining me, John. Guys, if you want to give us any feedback, you can at allthingsalbionpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Boing, boing. Boing, boing.